Lakuta Sichas Chelikut Ches, Parsha Chukas, Sichi Gimel. Chazal Zon, our sages tell us that the Be'er was had Bazork, the Eden in Midbar Midvasser, that the, the well that provided the Eden, or the spring that provided the Eden with water in the desert, is given, the Schus Miriam was there in honor and merit of Miriam. On the far and therefore is like Nog the Pira from Miriam. As soon as Miriam passed away, there was no water for the people. On the Ananiya Aaron and the clouds of glory were in the honor of or in the merit of Aaron. On the Mes Aaron and when Aaron passed away, the clouds of glory left, were gone. Fundesweg still is the Be'er given no oich noch pirus Miriam, the spring of water still remained after the, it eventually came back, it was there, the people had water to drink, even after she passed away. The Ananiya Kobin noch pirus Aaron, and the clouds were there after Aaron passed away, because afterwards, as our sages tell us, they both returned in the merit of Moshe. If you look at it at first glance, it would seem as Rashi that Rashi also in his commentary in the Torah, which is teaching the simple meaning of the pasuk, nemt on accepts that idea from uh, from the sages as pshutish mikra as well. Where do we see that? From pasuk on the pasuk in this week's parsha. And the people did not have water to drink. Is Rashi Mefarish? Rashi explains as follows: From here we see that for the forty years they had the spring of water in the merit of Miriam, and And then later in the uh, in the on the pasuk, and the Knanim heard, and they went to war against the Yidden. They bring. He says as follows: Shoma Shemais Aaron. The Knanim heard that Aaron passed away, and the clouds left. So Rashi clearly associates the two. On the Idach, but on the other hand, Gefintmen we find as the Be'er is given Oichnoch meaning that the water was there even after Miriam passed away. With the Tzel Vaiter and Chumash, as it's related further in Chumash, by Eshad and Acholim. By the miracle of what happened with the stream, with the war that they had with the, some of the other nations, Rashi is and Rashi explains on the words in the fields of Moyev. It's Rashi says because that's where Moshe passed away. and that's where the spring of water was no longer there. So we see that. Even after Miriam passed away, it still came back in the honor of Moshe. And when Moshe passed away, that's when it left. So that's how Rashi explains it. The fun is mashma. So from this it seems as Rashi nemtan as the be'er had eibish the tzrigi kered b'schus Moshe that the water, the spring of water, was returned by Hashem in the honor, the merit of Moshe. Therefore, it would stand to reason. As all, that also the clouds came back because of Moshe. Because it doesn't, it doesn't make, it doesn't reason. It's not reasonable to say that the schus of Moshe was only big enough, good enough to bring back the water. But not enough to bring back the clouds. But according to this, the, you have the following question. In regards to the water, the Torah tells us, the Torah relates the story that the water was returned for the people. It says there, the people did not have water, so they gathered around Moshe, and they argued and so on. They complained and the Ebishtahat Gesagt Meishen, so the Ebishter said to Meishen, Kachas Hamata, take the staff, and the Eden am Vide Gehat Mayim from the cell, and therefore Meishen brought forth once again the water from the rock, and the Eden had water again. So in other words, they had their spring of water once again.
And the Torah tells us how it happened. On the other hand, in regards to the clouds, it doesn't tell us neither in the Chumash and not even in Rashi how it happened that they came back and when it happened nothing is mentioned at all also we have to understand just like the, the fact that there was no longer water because Miriam passed away so this caused that the people should gather around Moshe and that they should complain and so on we don't have water to drink it would seem that when the clouds left after Aram passed away, it would also shake up the Yidden and now they're not protected and so on. What are they going to do now? Why do we find anything recorded that the Yidden had, uh, you know, complained that the clouds went away? It would seem that we could perhaps answer this as Alpip Shudashal Mikra, that according to the simple reading of the Psukhman, that perhaps according to Shudashal Mikra, we could say that the Taka didn't return. That's something that the, what we said before was something that the Chazal say, but it's not necessarily. Um, true that Rashi accepts that so perhaps the clouds did not return on the time the fun is poshet. and the reason why they wouldn't return is simple they would no longer need it why? Rashi already explained to us as the that the, the, the clouds surrounded the Yidden on all four sides, plus on, over them and underneath them. That through being surrounded by the clouds, the clouds offered the, final, the, 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 the following protections, services. Number one, it protected them from the beating sun. Number two, Virashi bring Vita as Rashi explains later, that the clouds rinsed, laundered their clothing, and Magatsa uh, means they pressed their clothing, it they laundered their clothing. Then there was another cloud which went ahead of the Eden, and that served number three, to guide them. The cloud went ahead of them, and they followed the cloud. They knew where to go. And number four, the cloud smoothed the road. There was uh, uh, mountains and valleys, and it, it straightened the road. They walked on a straight road. It lowered that which was uh, too high. It, where there was a, a dip in the road, it brought it up. Killed all the snakes and scorpions. So that's what the four things that the clouds did for the Yidden. But after Aram passed away, the Yidden didn't need any of these services anymore, which the clouds provided. Why? Because the mountain where Aram passed away is already at the border of the land of Edom, by Midbar, at the edge of the, the desert, close to where people already were living, obviously then, the heat of the sun is, much, is not as intense over there. So there isn't as much as a need to be shielded from the heat of the sun once you're already within the inhabited place. And this is true not only because of the place that they already came close out of the intensity of the sun because of the sun doesn't shine as much in the places where people settled. But also because of the time of the year that they were in. Aram passed away in Rishchidosh of non Sudetzayt when the heat's in Veren Shvach, close to the time when heat, the heat already is less intensified. 
As it's written in the Gemara, that from the 15th of Av, the, the intensity of the sun weakens. And this was already two weeks before. So there, you know, things were going already better. And there wouldn't be as much need to be protected from the heat of the sun by, because of the seasonal time. And this, what the Gemara says, that on the 15th above it becomes already less intense, does not contradict that which Rashi explains to us in Parsha Noyach, as Chaim, that where it talks about the seasons, Chaim, one of the seasons that the Torah mentions is heat. And Rashi says, when is the season of heat? Meant that it means at the end of the uh, <coughs> of the summer, Chatsi of half of the month of Av, Elul, and the month of El, Chatsi Tishrei, Shailum Chambi and the half of the month of Tishrei, where the world is very hot. Shili Kaita Kashimakaita, as the Gemara says, the end of the summer is even more difficult, meaning even hotter than the summer itself. So from this we see that from the 15th above starts an even more intense heat. So how does that not contradict uh, what it says in the Gemara that uh, it weakens, the sun weakens from the 15th above? And the, uh, the reason it's not a contradiction is Valdort is the time, because over there the reason that that is a time of intense heat from the 15th above and on till the middle of Tishrei, as Rashi tells us specifically, the world, earth, is hotter. Not that the sun beats more strongly, but that earth is hotter. Why? Because from the whole summer, the, the world absorbs the heat of the summer. Uh, the, the air, the gufabrius, and the... Uh, and the, uh, the, the the matter, the bodies of the creation, meaning the earth and the trees, whatever, everything that is on earth has absorbed an, an amount, a great amount of heat over the summer. Which just went, which is just coming out of the intense heat of the summer. So the earth is heated up. So therefore, it releases heat at that time at an even greater rate than in the middle of the summer. But that wasn't the problem in the desert. In the desert, the problem was that the, the sun was beating down intensely. And that's what the clouds had to protect them from. So that becomes weaker after the 15th of Av. As you see, literally, that in the middle of Av, it already becomes, it's starting to, to ease up. The summer begins to ease up. So therefore there wasn't as much need for uh, the clouds to protect them from the heat. And since in our case, meaning in the case of the Yidin as they were in the desert, the clouds were constantly traveling over them. And therefore the sun was not beating down on the area that they were. So the heat wasn't absorbed over the summer. So in that case, there wasn't this problem that the earth had uh, absorbed the heat over the summer. And since from the 15th of all, the beating of the sun is not as intense as it is until then. So they didn't no longer needed the clouds to protect them from the heat of the sun. As well, the Yidin didn't need as much. Number one in them was the the laundering of their clothing. Why? Because if a yid ran into the problem at that time after Aaron already passed away, that his clothing were falling apart, and uh, he needs a new set of clothing, there was no need for the for the have the miracle of the clouds to launder it and, and everything is taken care of because you're already close to the area 
of where people live. So you can buy another garment from one of the cities. You go in and you buy a set of clothing and you have clothing. As opposed to when they were in the middle of the desert somewhere, there wasn't such a possibility. And also, also there wasn't as much there wasn't a need for the for the miracle of the cloud leading them along you know to show them where to go because around where people lived there was already roads there was already pathways and they could just follow the path number three also they didn't need the uh, the miracle of that the cloud would kill the snakes and the scorpions because they were already in places where people lived and that's not where the snakes and the scorpions hang around so therefore there wasn't as much need for the clouds at that time and even though they may, have been, may it still have been true that the clouds had to smooth the road as Rashi tells us in regards to says, and even though the cloud went in front of them and would, and would uh, get rid of the mountains three of them the clouds did not get rid of which are was uh, the Hayrahar and also the the Harnavai, which was for the needed for Moshe's burial. So Harnavai for Aaron and the Harnavai for Moshe. Was the fun zetmen as the onen is mitgegang in euch noch misus Aaron, from which we see clearly that the cloud was there even after Aaron passed away. which is when they arrived at Harnavai with Moshe's in Salagavaram, which is where Moshe passed away, and that happened after Aaron passed away. That happened six months after Aaron passed away. So, if the Rashi is telling us that the clouds did not get rid of Harnavai, it means when they it would stand to reason that it was when they arrived there, which was way after Aaron passed away. So we see that the clouds were still there, neutralizing the mountains. Still, we could answer this question at least. Maybe it's not so simple, but uh, it would still work. As does was the Ananat Mashri given Alaharim Chutzmaharnavai, that this what we are told that the cloud smoothed all the mountains except for Harnavai meant nisht as does is fayukuma ba'isti yidn zain adadke kuman. It doesn't mean that the uh, the cloud would have waited until they got there, and then when they got there, it didn't uh, smooth out Harnavai, but rather what it means is Ados that this happened earlier before Aaron passed away because the uh, cloud went ahead of the Yidden three days it was a three days journey in front ahead of them that all this happened it smoothed everything before Aaron passed away in order to take care of you know they're going to be arriving here so it took care of everything beforehand before Aaron passed away, when they were still there, then it left after Aaron passed away. By the time they got to Harnavai six months later, it, it, it would have smoothed everything else up until there, but it didn't smooth Harnavai itself because that was needed for Moshe's burial. So it's not the simplest explanation, but it does work. This would also explain the order in which Rashi uh, lists the three mountains that were not smooth. That were not smooth. He says, Har Sinai, First he says, Har Sinai, which makes sense chronologically. That was way before, that was 40 years earlier. Har and then Har but that this order doesn't seem to make sense because the order chronologically was Harnavai was needed six months after Harnavai or rather they would have arrived at Harnavai six months after Harnavai so, so what's the explanation of Alpia now but now according to the way we see it we can explain it this way 
with Magdim saying Hoira and Harnavoy, Far Hoirahor, that the reason Rashi puts Harnavoy before Hoirahor is Rashi Miramas. He's telling us something. As does was their own and not Ibiga lost Harnavoy Lakvoras Maisha, that the fact that the, the clouds left Harnavoy for the needs of uh, Maisha's burial is the Stishkiven in Ashpeta Dikmusman. It didn't happen after Hoirahor, when Eden Zain and Ahinsu Angekumen. When uh, by the time the Yidden arrived there, not in themselves, man, but not look for But rather in the same time and perhaps even before, it didn't smooth Hayrahar because it had gone ahead in order to smooth the whole way that the Yidden would need after Aram passed away. It left over Har Nevoi for Moshe's Kvura, and then it came back to smooth out everything around. Hoirahar, but didn't smooth out Hoirahar. And that Rashi mentions it in that order to tell us that that's what happened. So in any case, the, the uh, summary of this is that perhaps the clouds did not come back after, Kvurus, after Aram passed away because there was no longer such a need for them. In Emerson Gimel, in Emerson Ober, but the truth is that in is Mukhrich is, Tzuzodin, we are at it is, we are forced to say, as the that the clouds did come back and they did uh, travel along with the Eden even after Aaron passed away. While because number one, the pastors that that the pastors that mitlan chaisem aderech nish gemein blois zufahitin from blonjin a midbar, because when we say that the cloud led them led them along the way, it doesn't mean only that they shouldn't get lost in the desert. Vus is nishtok in drachem, there are no roads. Narbachlal, so vaisen them derech, what it means, in general, to show them the way, the richtung, was the eibish vil, as the Eden's own gain. It's more about showing them the direction in which Hashem wants them to travel now. And since even after Aaron passed away, there were a number of um, trips that they took and then they settled and then they tr- took a further trip and that had to be shown where do you stop, where do you go so therefore they needed the cloud for that as well even after Aaron passed away uh, they, not another thing Rashi Rashi clearly, clearly tells us that after Aaron passed away they went back a Sheba Masoiz they went backwards seven trips, seven stops. Tzariki Midbar, going back into the direction, into the desert. So we see that even after, never mind the ones ahead of Hoirahar, they even went back seven stops and then they had to travel backwards and then forwards. So certainly they needed it there. Number three, the Anonimam Bashitz Eden the clouds were also protecting them from the wars that the nations around there were wa- trying to wage against them as Rashi, as Rashi already explained by the war with Amalek that Moshe Rabbein, uh, he was told go out and do war with Amalek why does it say go out and do war with Amalek? Maint, what it means is you have to step out of the cloud, out of the protection of the cloud, in order to engage them. From this we understand clearly that as long as the Yidin was surrounded by the clouds, the nations had no ability to be able to, <coughs> to wage war against them. And as Rashi already explained earlier, as the honor that Makabal given the Chitzim Babne Bilistrois by the Shoyim Mitzrayim Sarekim, this was by the Kriyas Yamsov, that the Egyptians were throwing, were shooting arrows at them and catapult stones, and the the, the clouds absorbed all those um, uh, absorbed all those um, munitions and protected Eden from out from in the inside. So in other words, that the Clouds were also protecting, protecting them from the wars. On the far and for this reason, right after Aaron passed away, it's the pasuk says that the Knani heard. What does he mean? He heard. He heard that they were no longer protected. 
So that led to the Yilochem Yisrael that they started a war with the Yidden. Virashi is Mefarish, as Rashi explains. As the Zenik, as Nistalko, Anani Akavada, when they saw, the Knanim saw that the clouds had left, Atagemen does Nitno Rishus, Lilochem Yisrael. He took it as now Hashem is allowing, you know, it's, it's now open season on the Yidden. Now you can go to war against the Yidden. And therefore, for this reason too, they still needed the clouds to protect them from the other wars that were coming up. Number four, the Oftu Funim Anon is in the Mem Beis Masais is given Nishnot Zavaisen Vutz again. They needed the uh, the cloud not uh, for the forty two trips that they had, the stops that they made. It was not only where to go. Not Oich with the Torah is Mairich and Parsha Ba'aloischa, but also as the Torah tells us in Ba'aloischa, where it tells us the whole order of how the trips, how they stopped and how they camped and how they they uh, continued the, uh, their travels. So it tells us over there, so Medea Zayim ven umvi lying as all Zayim de Yachnu and Yiso. The clouds were how the Yidin knew, okay, now we stop. Now we uh, we camp here. And then the, the clouds notified them when it was time to move. When the cloud began to move, the Yidin knew that it was time to move out again. So they needed it for that as well. This was necessary for every trip and every stop that they made. And there was still a number of stops after Hayrahar, which the cloud would have to tell them, okay, now it's time to stop, now it's time to go. So they needed it for that reason too. Number five, the Iker, and this is most important. Rashi breaks that up in Parsha Bolok, Noch Mrs. Aaron. Rashi tells us in Parsha Bolok, which happened also after Aaron passed away, from Postuk Bahaika Isim Lashem Negadav Shemesh, where Moshe Rabbeinu was told to expose all those Jews that had sinned and, uh, you know, uh, uh, take them out and uh, up uh, in the sun, into the sun. So he explains, Rashi explains, Hashemish Medea Sachaitim. The sun identified the sinners, because the uh, cloud would fall back from the sun, and the sun would shine upon the sinners. So everybody else was protected from the sun, but for this person who ever sinned, the number of people that sinned, the sun would, it was like a spotlight. A spotlight shone on them through the cloud. Zot the Rashi beferish. So Rashi tells us clearly then, as the onen is given oich noch misuzaren, that the cloud was still there because the cloud only exposed the person that sinned. So we need to see that the clouds were there after Aaron passed away. We're not making given from the shemesh and was protecting everybody else from the sun. So we see that clearly that Rashi says that the sun was still there after Aaron passed away. Is Hadr Kushaluduchta? So now the question comes back, the original question. Why is it that it's not mentioned anywhere at all? It doesn't mention anywhere in the Torah or in Rashi that the clouds came back or how it happened, how it came about. No mention at all. And why is it that when the clouds left, the Yidin didn't complain. They should have started a whole uh, campaign that we need the clouds. Nothing is mentioned at all about that either. So we'll understand this by first explaining by focusing on some wording that Rashi applies in his commentary on Torah, which needs to be explained. What is that? In Kama Mekaymis, in a number of places, Rufter on the Ananim, Anane Kovid. In a number of places, Rashi identifies them, refers to them as the clouds of glory. But in other places, Anonim Stami just says the clouds, he doesn't say the clouds of glory. These two differences, you know, Anania covered or plain clouds, we find that in Chazal as well, where it says that there were seven clouds. In Tail, um, it says that there were seven, there was on the sixth, the top and bottom, four sides, and then one in the front. So, in where it says that there were seven clouds, in Tail Midrash Chazal, in some of the Midrashim, it says, is the Gears of Shiba Anonim Hayu, there were seven clouds, or something similar. 
When in Andere, but in other places, it says, Shivanani Kovid Hayu. There was seven clouds of glory. Rashi, when he talks about that, about the seven clouds, he says, plain clouds, he doesn't say Anani Kovid. So why the difference that sometimes they're called the clouds of glory and sometimes just clouds? So perhaps the answer, the explanation for that is What is the difference between clouds and clouds of glory? We could say that this is what it means Clouds of glory means exactly what it sounds like That the whole purpose of these clouds is is only to show the honor and the glory of the Yidin. They're there in order to glorify the Yidin. Thus haste, in other words, as a given anonym, for Zayir Inyan is given to Bashitzin, Bazorgim, the Yidin, with Zayir Tzrochim, on Inyanim Amachrochim. There were a set of clouds that were there in order to provide the Yidin their essential needs, as we explained before, to protect them, to smooth the road, to lead the way, and so on. Even though the fact that the Yidin had all of these protections for themselves, Hashem provided them with these protections, in itself shows that Hashem was honoring the Yidin. That's true too. But, however, the main function of these clouds was to protect, to provide needs. But then there was more clouds. These clouds were only in to show and glorify the Yidin. To show how much the Ebishter respects and honors the Yidin, provides them a, an escort of clouds of glory. Besides for the protection, besides for what the clouds have provided needs, there was just clouds that came along with them to show how important they are. When the fun is moving, and from this we understand, as nisht Allah anonymous, then given Ananiya covet, that not all the clouds can be identified as clouds of glory. That one of us, man for instance, the cloud which was smoothing the road and killing the snakes and scorpions, is nisht for the Ananiya covet. That was not a cloud of glory. Because its function was to provide an essential need, if it can again admit, but that the Yidden should be able to travel through the desert. And so also the the cloud that protected them from the heat of the sun, or from the nations when they wanted to wage war against them, is a nishnor So that cloud is not there just for the purpose of showing the Hashem's honor for the Yidden, nor rather it's there to provide an essential need again. The far Nutsrashi in the Mekaymas, the Mloshan Onunstam, that's why when he talks about those clouds, when he talks about the clouds without identifying them as clouds of glory, he's referring to those clouds, the ones that provide essential services. Uladugma, as an example, we see where it says, V'tzei hi lochem ba'amolik, the passage that we quoted before, he said, go out of the cloud to wage war against Amolik. Rashi there says, Tzeimena onan, it says, go out of the cloud, he doesn't say, anan akovet. Zerkim chitzim, where he says, that they were throwing, that the Egyptians were shooting arrows, v'ha'anan mekablam, and the cloud was absorbing them. Hayrahar, uh, where he talks about even though the cloud traveled in front of them to smooth the road it didn't uh, smooth down so over there also he just says by the story where the uh, the sun identified the sinners it just says the cloud folded back when the sun shone upon the sinner where it says, all those that Amolek went to war against the, weakened, the weaker ones, the ones that were lagging behind, over there it says that the, the people, that uh, the sinners, the people that sinned, the, the cloud ejected them, and therefore Amolek was able to kill those people. Again, Anon, because these were the clouds that Rashi is identifying as having provided essential services. So over there he doesn't call them Ananiya Kovit. 
But when Rashi talks about the uh, <coughs> about the clouds that left after Aaron passed away, is Dar Deloshen over there? The Rashi says Nistalku Anane Yakovit. The clouds of glory left. Only those clouds departed when Aaron passed away. Only those clouds which were there, only for the purpose of showing the glory of the Yidden. But not the clouds that were providing the essential services. They didn't leave. And the clouds of glory, at least although the Chazal and the Medrash say that they did return in honor of Moshe, but those did not come back. And we can understand very un, uh, understandably why the Yidden did not raise a ruckus about why these clouds didn't come back. Why they didn't complain when the clouds of glory didn't return or left because there was no need they, there was no essential service that they were missing they had everything that they needed whereas when the Be'erish from Miriam left they had no water to drink of course they had to complain and through, by this answer we can now answer a question, a question that the Mizrahi asks he asks, Since there were six clouds that surrounded the Yidden, all on top and on bottom and on all four sides, and we know that the Sukkah is supposed to represent the clouds of the clouds. As Rashi explains that the clouds were there to... Uh, represent Hashem says you should sit in a sukkah because I placed the yidden in the sukkah when I took them out of Mitzrayim and Rashi says the Anani covered the clouds of glory is what it's representing so the, the Mizrahi asks the question that the sukkah should also be has to surround the yid on all six sides and the din is However, Mizrahi asked the question, the halacha is only, that it's enough to have two full walls, and then one small wall, that's a tefach. Only two and a half walls, all, that's all you need. Why shouldn't you need four walls all around you? And we can even add to his question, we can even add another dimension to it, which is, Why don't we do something to represent the seventh cloud which traveled ahead of them? There should be something that should be needed to represent that cloud as well. So that's the Mizrahi's question. The Mizrahi's question is not about the seventh, it's about the sixth. But this, the seventh is the Rebbe's edition. But now we can answer it. But this answers, our explanation now answers that question too. Because the, the remembrance, the commemoration that, is, that happens through the sukkah is only to commemorate the Anani covered, not the Anonim that were there providing essential service. The Anonim was Kolan Inyonim is Nor Lushem covered, only those clouds which were only there to show the glory. Of the honor of us is given the fneim, but the the cloud that traveled in front of them, as I come from the under the shisha anonim, as well as a number of the other six clouds, some of them were there, of course, to provide essential services, and those are we don't need to commemorate. We only need to commemorate the the, the ones of glory. Therefore, the number of walls that we need for a sukkah, the, the number of walls are not related to the number of clouds of glory, because actually we, we probably don't know how many of those clouds were clouds of glory. Especially that we could say, Perhaps it makes sense to say that there were changes to the amount of clouds of glory that went along with them. The masa, the mahat nishgedav tabim, hagonim etzad mesuyim, 
that let's say there was a they, when they were traveling at, in, at some point where from the on the north side they didn't need protection. Maybe the sun is on the south side, or there was no danger from other things from on one side. So there, there was no need for protection. Is there on a mitzad given and on a kavit? So therefore, why was there a cloud on the on the north side? As we said, the example that cloud was now an unencovered, just there as uh, to show a sign of glory. So it could have changed all the time. There were times when they needed protection on the bottom or on top or on this, this side, that side. So it was a constantly in flux. There was a change of the number of Ananiya covered that were with them. And therefore there's no way to give a fixed number of walls that you need in a sukkah based on the Ananiya covered. So therefore it's unrelated to the amount of Ananiya covered. The, the number of walls for a sukkah is unrelated to the number of Ananiya Kovit. It has to do with something else. So that answer is the answer, uh, the question of the Mizrahi. Hey, Based on this, we can also explain something that we see in the Rashi. The Rashi that said that we quoted earlier, Vayishma Knani, Shinistalko Ananiya Kovit, the uh, after Aaron passed away, the Ananiya Kovit left. Ukasavur so the Knani thought, Shinitna Rushus Lulachami Yisrael. He says it there was now permission to go to war against the Yidin. The Lukhaira Hatrashi Gidafta Manandam Ikirachidush, Shinitna have Shariyas Varushus Lulachami Yisrael. What Rashi really should have focused on is now it was possible to go to war against the Yidin. What do you mean, Rishus? What do you mean, permission? It's more about till now the Yidin were protected. It was impossible to penetrate the cloud to go to war. Now the, the clouds are gone. Now we can go to war. Why does he say only that it was, there was permission to go to war? Since the Yidin were completely surrounded by the clouds, and this is given, so it was impossible to go to war. So now it's possible, that's what he should have said. But now we can understand that as well. Because even after the clouds of glory left, there was still the, the clouds which protected them still remained. The So therefore, what were they thinking then? How were they going to get in there to do war? But they were thinking, as we bowed, as is nostalgia, since Hashem removed the clouds of glory. That was an indication to them that Hashem is no longer showing His great respect and honor to the Yidin. What they took from that not, is not that it's now they can, they're, they're not protected anymore. They were protected, but they saw that there was a, somehow was diminished. There is now, there is an opening, at least theoretically, that they, that they could go to war against the Yidin. Rishus. But as far as the possibility for war, because of the other clouds that were still there, nothing changed. That's why Rashi focuses on Rishus. And it's really not a question, because you may want to ask the question, because the question still remains, how were they able to conduct the war against the Yidin? What were they thinking? They're still protected. So that's not a question. Because it's taka true. That in this, this detail, because of their great chutzpah and their, their need to go to war against the Yidin, they missed something that was so obvious and so clear. And they did a stupid thing. They figured, they thought, you know, the Yidin will come out to engage them in war, and once they're outside the, the, the cloud, then we can go to war with them. And the reason they thought that was because the clouds of glory were no longer there, so therefore the Abishter is taking his, his sight, so to speak, off them. That's what they were thinking, but it was a stupid move. Because the Yidna are still protected. Why would they come out to wage war against them? 
And the reason that they thought they had this chutzpah works better, especially according to the way Rashi explains it earlier, as the Knani does is Amalek, that when it says that the Knani went to war, it's not just the regular Knani, but it was Amalek that went to war. And Amalek is the Kiven, there was such a from free Egifit Muhammad and Amalek already was the ones that had or tried to conduct the war earlier, and the Cheshalim Acharecha, the ones that, uh, how did they wage war? Because it was the weak ones, the ones that were lagging behind. Sha'anam Peltam, which Rashi explained already, was because the clouds had ejected them. And even when every, every other nation was afraid to go to war against the Yidin Kofatz Fiyarad, uh, Amalek was impulsive and, uh, and jumped into the war. Even though he ended up getting badly burnt. But that's Amalek. So first of all, he thought that there would be Yidin that would be ejected from the, from the cloud. Second of all, he, you know, he's Taka Amalek and he goes, he jumps impulsively, does stupid things and gets burnt. So therefore he decided to once again engage Kegn Yidin in an oifim from Kofatz in an impulsive way. Notwithstanding the fact that they were still protected by the clouds, but just it was enough that the clouds of glory left and now he thought he had his chance. Vov. Now, so for this explanation, in the Mechilat, the main part of the explanation, the Rebbe's Chiddush here is, the Mechilat Sushna Anani HaKovet, that there's a difference between Anani HaKovet, when Anonim Stam and regular clouds, Kemenah Befregen, so we could ask the question still, Rashi Zokta Chazda Anani HaKovet, Ayyushofim Bixusim Magatsim Oysim, Rashi says that the clouds of glory would launder the clothing. And also the children, as they grew, the uh, the clothing grew along with them, and he identifies that need as something that was provided by the Ananya Kovit. But debate the and both of these things, laundering the clothing and that the clothing should grow along with the children are things which are essential services, not glory things. And then you from Kavit Luchod, it's not just a glory thing, it's also an, a service. And yet Rashi calls it, says that they were, it was done by the Adani HaKavit. So that's a question. In Emerson Ober, but the truth is, Adas concussion is not really a question. But in Mepashtas, because the simple meaning is, Is Dos Vos Rashi Zot Vafktanem Hoye God when Rashi says that the children, their clothing grew along with them. Over there, of course, he's not saying that this was a function of the Ananiya Kovet. How did the clouds make the, uh, the clothing grow? That is not something that a cloud could do. What's the connection between the clothing? You can understand laundering. But what does it mean that their clothing grew along with them, expanded? That's not a uh, cloud function. Nor, but rather, since Rashi already mentioned the miracle that happened through the clouds, that they laundered the clothing. So he mentions already another miracle that happened, not as a result of the cloud, but just another miracle that happened that Hashem provided that the clothing also grew with them. That they they grew along with and that they were sort of attached, uh, you know, conceptually. It has nothing to do with the clouds. Rather, it was that the clothing formed themselves to the bodies of the, of the children and then continued to grow along with them. And as Rashi, in fact, says, like the, the shell of a snail that grows along with him. So Rashi says, not that miracle was because the clothing, so to speak, attached itself formed itself according to the body of the person and then continued to grow along with that person just like the shell of a, of a snail has nothing to do with the cloud so in other words it's two things he happens to be talking about the clothing so he mentions another miracle that happened 
Und der Tam, was Rashi bringt, aus beim zu sein Pirush von Asanan Yakovadayishavim and the reason that Rashi mentions it here, a miracle which is unrelated to the to the clouds, is because the the question could come up immediately. Immediately, a, a question throws itself in your face. Because when if Rashi were to only mention that the clouds laundered the clothing. And they would stop there. He wouldn't mention the other thing. So then the, immediately the question would come. This works well for the adults. That they were able to wear the same clothing that they came out of Mitzrayim for the entire trip through the desert for 40 years. So as the Torah says, your clothing did not uh, you know, fall apart. It didn't it didn't fray, it didn't get uh, torn and so on so Rashi explains how because the, the, the clouds laundered them so that makes sense for the adults but how could children have the same clothing throughout the 40 year journey in the desert when they came out of Mitzrayim he was a 5 year old he had a, a size 2 now he's a size uh, whatever how did that happen? What, how did that happen from the clouds? So Rashi needs to address that question. Therefore, that there was another miracle which uh, took care that the clothing shouldn't, uh, you know, you shouldn't bust out of your clothing. The clothing grew along with them. But not to say that this was a function of the cloud. It's just there because the cloud explanation leaves the question, but what about the children? So Rashi says, that too was provided, not by the cloud, by the Ebeshter, but that's the reason that he brings it here. And this, that the clouds of glory would launder their clothing, is nish given a hechrech. That is not an essential thing. Because even without those, uh, the clouds of glory, the Yidin could have provided that service on their own. It's not like they couldn't do their own laundry. They could have done their own laundry. They could have done it like everybody else does it. Everybody launders clothing. There isn't a problem with laundering your clothing in the desert. They had water. They could have laundered their clothing. Similar to what we have to conclude that this, what the Torah says, that your clothing did not fray and so on throughout the whole journey in the desert. That also wasn't an essential miracle. Because they could have had new clothing. They could have fashioned new clothing. Other from the river, Either they could have taken out another suit because they had lots of clothing that they took from the Mitzrayim, other machen for them tzemer akvasim, or because we know they had sheep, they could have, you know, they had wool, they could have made wool and woven and spun and woven whatever. Or they had from their sheep. Or from time to time they passed by a city and they could have bought the clothing over there. So the clothing that was with them for the entire trip was not an essential miracle. They could have gotten away without that miracle. In a similar way, the laundering of the clothing was also not an essential miracle. They could have laundered their own clothing. And since the laundering through the clothing was not an essential service, only to... You know, to help them, they shouldn't have to do this, the, the minor job of doing laundry. Only minor in the sense of you need water, you need food, you need protection from the sun, you need protection from the snakes. So clothing, laundering is not really that much of an essential service. It just saves you a little bit of work. So that in itself is a way of showing honor and glory to the Yidin, that the Ebeshter provided them with clouds that would help them even avoid the minor task of doing laundry from time to time. 
So this too was a function of the honor and the glory to the Yidin. And that's why the Ananiya Kovid did that part. It was to show how much the Abish, uh, how much Hashem respects him and, his, and how the Yidin are dear to him, that he provides the kind of miracle that, they, that it avoids them doing that minor task. And the Fathers of Shaykh to the Ananiya Kovid, and that's why that is a job that was done by the Ananiya Kovid. That is not an essential service. That comes along with the honor and glory. Zion. It's blight of its vashtain, but we still need to understand. Since Rashi says that the the stream of water went away after is when it eventually left altogether was after Moshe Rabbeinu passed away. So from there we see that Rashi accepts as Chazara Saber is given Meshchus Moshe can now see follow. That Rashi accepts as Shutashol Mikra that the that the spring came back in honor of Moshe, even though as I said before the Chazal say it, but that not, not, that's not necessarily Shutashol Mikra. But we see from here that Rashi mentions that as Shutashol Mikra. So then, if the Be'er could come back in honor in the merit of Moshe, why didn't the clouds of glory come back in the merit of Moshe? So even as we explained that these were only the clouds of glory that left, but why didn't they come back in honor of Moshe? So we can explain this. According to the simple pshat of the pasuk, is das alus was idnam bakumen doch Moshe. This that they received all of these things through Moshe and in the merit of Moshe after they had left um, when Aaron and, and Miriam passed away, is nishve by Aaron and Miriam. It didn't come back to them in the same way that it came as a result of Aaron and Miriam. Uh, that in, uh, in their merit, Hashem provided the Yidin with the, the uh, clouds of glory and the water. By Aaron and Miriam, they re- it was given to the Yidin in the merit of Aaron and Miriam. By Moshe, it was different. Nor Moshe als Raya Nemen at Fazogt Yidin mit Alles was Alamazeinetigen sich. Why did they come back through Moshe, the water? Because Moshe, as the faithful shepherd, he has to take care of all the needs of the Yidin. So there was these nice things that came along as, as in Schus of Aaron and Miriam. Now they're gone. So Moshe has to step in. He has to provide their needs. He is the Rayan Emon. It's his job to take care of all the needs of the Yidin. So they had to come back because Moshe Rabbeinu had to make sure that they came back. So whatever they need and when they need it, Moshe Rabbeinu has to take care of it. That's how they came back through Moshe. And therefore, since Moshe Rabbeinu was bringing it back as a need, so what did he bring back? He brought back what was needed. The water was a need. The Anani are not a need. The, Anan, the other Ananim remained. That was there. But the Anani Akavar, they're not a need. And since Moshe Rabbeinu was in the, is in the business of providing the needs of the Eden, there was no reason that he should bring back the Anani Akavar. And now that we understand how it is that it came back through Moshe, this explains more, more interestingly something else. We see that this idea that Moshe Rabbeinu provided all the needs of the Eden is Nishvian Inyan was not in the same way as Aaron and Miriam. They also provided a need, but they provided it as a schus. In their merit it came. When they passed away, the, it left. The water left. It was no longer there. The Anani covered left. Moshe Rabbeinu provides it in a different way. Nor in an oifen as zved bavorent as nogzayn p'tira that Moshe Rabbeinu brought it in a way that he made sure that even after he would pass away, so on say, dos oich that they should also get what they need. Even after he passes away, it's not a schus. He has to provide a need. What happens when he passes away? He has to take care that even after he passes away, it should be provided. Or, alternatively, they no longer need it. 
either is possible. Either it's no longer a need. If it's still a need, they should still continue to get it. Because Moshe Rabbeinu was providing a need. Aaron and Miriam brought about a schus. As long as they were around, that schus continued. They were gone, the schus was over. Moshe Rabbeinu doesn't have that luxury. Meaning to say, even though after Moshe Rabbeinu passed away, the Be'er also, the, the water was no longer there, as Rashi says. The reason is because after Moshe Rabbeinu passed, there was no longer a need for that water. Because they were already alongside the, uh, the Jordan River, which was a source of water right there. The same is true for the man. Rashi already explained that even though when Moshe Rabbeinu passed away on Zion other, the man stopped falling, it stopped coming. So Rashi already tells us they still had a supply of man because they had enough from the man that they gathered on Zion other. It lasted them for more than a month until they brought the Omer on the 16th of Nisan. So Moshe Rabbeinu provided that even after things leave because he passed away, there would be enough man that will last them until they came to Etz Yisrael and they were able to start eating the, uh, the produce that they got in Etz Yisrael. And this is because Moshe Rabbeinu provided it as a need, not just as a schus, that they're going to be getting something in his merit. Ches. <coughs> so from this we have a lesson in regards to the, the Nesim of the Yidin in every generation. As Oich Nachist that even after a Nasi passes away, then that when you're with your eyes, you can no longer see an obvious hashpa that's coming from them. Similar to what happened to the man, it no longer fell from the heaven, and no longer came after Moshe Rabbeinu passed away. If you look at the situation, you see that the man stopped coming. Is of a dog, their cloud Still, there is the rule that is well known as that a leader never leaves his shepherd, uh, never leaves his flock, still continues to take care. So, as by Moshe Rabbeinu, even though you didn't see that the man was coming down, but he already took care ahead of time that there would be enough to last them until they no longer needed it. And not only that, even now he continues to to serve the needs of the Yidden from above, from up there. This is something that you can't really see how he functions in the heavens above. But also because all those things that they accomplished for the Yidden when they were alive in this world, continue to function. We continue to receive the benefits of those things that they accomplished when they were in this world, even after they pass away. Not just that they're looking out for us in the heavens above. The things that they did in this world continue on and on for as long as we need it. And this is also the, con- the connection but th- with this idea, with the Chag of the Friediger Rebbe, the Yudbeis Yud Gimel Tamos, that occurs on Yudbeis Tamos, which comes out in many, many years, as well as that year, in the Yemimeya Shavua from Shabbos Parsha Chukas, comes out during the week of uh, Parsha Chukas. From which the blessing, as the Zayar says, from the, ble- the days of the week get their blessing from Shabbos. Because this idea that it continues to serve, even in this world, not just from above, but even in this world, can be seen in regards to the Chagagulullah of the Friediger Rebbe as well. It's a lesson that is taken from this parsha. That's why it is expressed also in the Chagagulullah. We see literally 
how the, the victory that happened on Yud Beis Gimel Tamas in those days, many years ago, the fact that the Rebbe was freed from prison had the effect that he was able to continue to influence Yiddishkeit in Russia. So that didn't stop when the Friediger Rebbe left. It's something that goes on even till today. That the time when the Rebbe said the Sikha in Lamates in 1979, it, there was already three generations that had, from the, the time that the, the Friediger Rebbe was arrested and released, in 1927 until 79, three new ge- three generations already came up. So it brought it allowed for three generations of Shemitayra mitzvah in Russia. Was done paskent up and when there is a thing that happens for three generations, there is already a chazaka as that they will it will never the Torah will never move. From the, your mouth, your children, and your grandchildren, when there's already three generations, it is it lasts forever. So the influence of the Friediger Rebbe's release from prison and his work in Russia has an ongoing effect. And an effect that will, con- that will continue on forever. That even such people, such Yidin, that for a number of generations they were torn away, they had no access to Torah and Mitzvahs because of the situation in Russia. Because of the horrible situation and the horrible uh, conditions in that country, in Russia. That even those people that had become torn away are now returning and they also benefit from that activity that is happening till today. That now they are becoming and they are returning to a life of Torah and Yiddishkeit. And by us doing what we need to do proper to celebrate the Geula. Or the activities that surround the Geula. To strengthen Torah and Yiddishkeit and also to spread it far and wide. And especially including and especially something that is so necessary for our day and age. The spreading of Chassidus specifically. This will bring down that the the uh, Mashiach will come. Speedily in our days.